Hey everybody, really great episode today. We discussed Bobu the Bean Farmer, Azuki Ecosystem, and the physical gold-plated skateboard that's being auctioned. Right now, you're seeing value accrue to the Azuki Ecosystem because of interest in this physical auction, which is very you know surprising to some people, but there's expectations that it's actually going to sell for a lot. There's also questions whether the next items will be guitars, boom boxes, samurai swords that are all gold-plated. It's a very interesting uh, situation going on with the Azuki ecosystem right now. We also discussed Proof Collective and Moonbird's oddities, whether they're a play right now. And finally, we discussed the different marketplace angles that are emerging in the NFT space, whether there will be liquidity on individual collections, marketplaces, what aggregation is going to look like, who the players are there. So overall, uh, it's a good show. Hope you enjoy it. Good morning, NFT space. It is Tuesday, October 18th, and you have tuned in to the NFT Morning Show. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, each and every week, where we discuss all things NFT market, what's going up, what's going down, and all of the stories in the space. I'm P.O. here with my co-host, Nifty Nick, the funniest man in the business, Signal, the author of the Nifty Daily Digest and one of the most analytical market participants that I know of in the NFT space. Easy Eats Bodega, the Solana celebrity, the creator of Bodega Buddies, the host of Solana Made Easy, uh, an absolute badass and rising star on the Solana side of the NFT space. Spencer Gordon Sand of Spencer Ventures deploying institutional capital into the NFT space day in and day out. NFT God, the author of the NFT God newsletter. I love people that write. If you can write, then you can think. Love having NFT God on the show. And of course, Dadeep, one of the newest team members at the Nifty, always fun, the host of Rolling Into Deep. Uh, so we've got a lot to talk about today. It's going to be an absolute jam. I want to point out to everyone too, I'm going to be pinning a tweet, our uh, hoodie collab with Stay Cool. So Stay Cool is a clothing company uh, from Web2, if you will, uh, but they've come in at Web3. They have an NFT collection. We collabed with them on a single merch item. It is open to the public for the next 24 hours hours. Uh, so anybody can buy it. You do not need to own a stay cool NFT or a, um, portal NFT. Uh, so yeah, just wanted to throw that out there, but anyway, we're going to get into a lot of good stuff today. Lots to talk about in the NFT space before I go any further. How's it going? NFT God. It's glorious, man. It's a beautiful Brooklyn morning. I'm taking this one from outside. So I'm happy to be here. P.O. How nice. you doing? Yeah. I walked my dog with just a t-shirt on. It's a little bit nippy for that. A little bit nippy. I hope you got a little a little jacket. I got the hoodie on. I got the the fuzzy sweatpants on, and it's uh, it's a nice nippy brisk. Very nice. Well, enjoyed having you on the show yesterday that we did at noon. Uh, that we're gonna do again today at noon Eastern time uh, with. Um, with Elio Trades. So that was an absolute jam. Uh, and then later today, I'm actually going to be doing an MMA podcast, a UFC 280 pre-show with former UFC champion Carlos Condit. 
as well as Brandon Moreno's cornerman and jiu-jitsu coach Hector Valdez. So really uh, excited to be knocking that down. That's going to be a lot of fun too. Uh, so definitely stick around on Twitter spaces, ladies and gentlemen, to see those things or check out the links at the top to subscribe to our podcast. Spencer, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I, I I aped an NFT last night that I'm super excited about. I'm feeling good. I'm looking. The market's in a weird spot, but that's okay because I'm in a great spot. <laughs> that sounded like in uh, in our team call when Deep was just like at the end of his, his updates, he's just like, you know, and as for me, uh, my life is absolutely fantastic. It's a roller coaster that only goes up. But it's good to hear that you're in a uh, good spot, Spencer. That's awesome. Uh, are you going to be going to any new restaurants in New York this week? I do not have plans to go to new restaurants right now. I am currently revisiting old restaurants that I enjoy because, you know what? Sometimes I'm like, I got to be adventurous. I got to try new things. And other times I'm like, nah, fuck that. I like the things that I like. I'm going to go back to all the things I like that I haven't been to in a while. And I'm going to eat them again because I don't need to take any risk on. I'm risk on on my assets. I don't need to be risk on on my food. I'm shoveling in my face. Like I want to be getting things that I know are going to be yummy. Life is just too short to be eating bad food. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. Why are you disrespecting me? <laughs> what, huh? What do you mean? What, yeah, I just feel disrespected. Why? It just feels like, oh, you can't. Uh, hey, what's up, Nick? Uh, how, how's it going? Well, it's going very well, Pia. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, the weather outside here in Brooklyn. I didn't go to the coffee shop because uh, I, um, I, I don't know what the situation is with, uh, with my current cold. But uh, it has now more of a richness with the microphone that I'm utilizing here. It sounds so, great. So, so you would enjoy that. Um, but if I did go there, I wouldn't be wearing anything. I would just walk naked down the street because I stopped caring, uh, you know, months ago. Um, so that that's. But thank you for asking. Yeah. So it's going great here. Uh, Brooklyn's looking real nice. Um, I am right around the corner from you. But don't you don't need to call. You don't need to call on me. It's it's all good. Um, wh- like. You were the man back in high school, but what what happened to you? <laughs> That's what it's I'm trying to que- figure out. It's a good question, man. Uh, it's great to have you back, even though you never left. Uh, you just are now physically back in Brooklyn, but obviously you didn't miss a beat while you were out uh, in Vegas. You know, quarantining. It sounds like you're feeling okay. You got a little bit of a, a little bit. No, of a my timber. voice is still screwed, and I can't and I can't smell. So I, the five days. Resolved is is not the case, but I'm hoping six days resolved. That's what we're aiming for here. Yeah, I mean, look, it'll everything's gonna come Maybe back. Maybe seven days. You'll be okay. We'll do a little garlic test where I cook a bunch of garlic, and you can tell me if you smell it. Um, I can't. <laughs> You can't. Well, no. maybe tomorrow, maybe the day after, maybe a week from now, it'll it'll come back, buddy. You'll be okay. Um, but I'm glad to have you. Uh, you know, j- local again. You're local again, and that's great. Yo. I also wanted to say shout out to everybody in Solana. None of them have resumes, if you're wondering. Uh, the uh, Apparently, I didn't even know that uh, Easy was hiring for this collab manager, but I'm getting all of the applications, and it's literally just like long emails, horribly worded, like the, it, from a bunch of 16-year-olds. So shout out to that group of people, that category. As I saw on TikTok, uh, that whole area is um, known as Chuck E. Cheese. And it's, um, <laughs> it's unsurprising 
uh, because that's literally what it seems like. I'm getting emails from kids saying, do you want to go and play on the playground? And that's their application. Well, well, you got to, first of all, you got to make one of those labels in Gmail that takes all those emails and, and separates them from your inbox because other, we're, we're going to be hiring for like two more roles. So you're going to be getting a lot of emails if you don't put that label on it. But the funny, so I agree with you. It is funny that just this army of emails came in with no resumes. But what's interesting is the first batch did have resumes, but that was at a reasonable hour. The whole every, the batch that came in between eleven forty eight p.m. and basically now, like they're still flowing in now. So people are just pulling all nighters, or maybe they're in different time zones. But I don't know. I feel like all nighters are more likely. Those are what you're talking about, where it's just like you know, run on sentences. Uh, so I'm not going to name this person, but let me just read this email. Hey, easy. This is Johnny Eagle. That's what I'm going to say. And I'd love to help you out with collabs. I have loads of experience connections and the nifty crew is my favorite i also have experience working remotely hope to hear from you soon johnny eagle <laughs> like <laughs> what a bitch what wow uh hey easy this is nick um i love to help you out i have experience doing my laundry every couple of weeks and I also know how to use the toilet. I also have experience existing in my apartment. That's what, that's what experience working like. <laughs> what is experience working remote qualify you for these days? Like I'm yeah. just wondering. Well, I, the I, jokes on you. Both of those people have made it to the next round. Okay. <laughs> What I will say, Nick, is I'm actually very blown away by the amount of people that have expressed interest in working with Easy, which is obviously an incredibly bullish signal. I'm also blown away at the number of impressions that the tweet thread that had the job description and the instructions on how to apply received. Uh, so in general, I'm thinking that this uh, this thing's a roller coaster and it's only going up, as the deep will say. And uh, yeah, things are all good in the hood there. But yeah, you, you definitely got to have a little label there so that you get that out of your inbox. Here you go. One more for you. Uh, good day, sir. After going through your job posting, I have detailed information and knowledge of the services you need. Uh, you need a insert job title, whitelist uh, collab manager for your crypto project. Uh, with my expertise, I'm fit for the job and I can manage your community well to gamer new users and also keep existing users. Send a message in and let's discuss the pay and details of the job. Hey, thanks for that one. Hire. <laughs> Easy. How's, how's it going with the hiring? I mean, like, I know we, it, it's clearly Solana moves fast. We've, it seems like we've made a lot of progress in 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, by tomorrow, most of these people will have already forgotten what they've applied for. <laughs> so um, as Kix put it this morning, there's a, a national Adderall shortage. So a lot of the things going on in Solana make a lot more sense now that that's been made clear. Uh, <laughs> we'll see really where this goes from here. Well, there you go. Um, you know well, what? Don't, but don't fade the kids, though. There could be a William in there. Like, I mean, they're about, there was that whale kid, and then we had William. So I reckon somewhere in this pile of just, like, garbage, there's probably a <laughs> William in there. No, no, really. Like, like, like Web3 attracts some smart kids. So just, like, you got to have hope. I 
in a previous life, I used to look at a lot of CVs and you just, yeah, in the first three words, you just kind of dismiss who the person is. But somewhere, somewhere is the gem. So keep going, I, Nick. Keep going. This one, I am select or reject. Please give spots. I'm not going <laughs> to name the name of the DAO. And there's not a signature. It just says LFG. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, there. I agree with Signal. I already looked and there's like quality people I'm, in there. I'm going to reach out to like, uh, I'm going to start sending these emails to like Wall Street firms being like, hello, Goldman Sachs. <laughs> I, I have seen your, no, well, although they have automated systems for it. So I wouldn't even get, I wouldn't get through that. So, oh, well. Yeah, I mean, look, the bottom line is it's bullish how many people have expressed interest and there are quality applicants. And there are also in the Discord, Johnny Blaze posted um, a hilarious meme of Easy at Chuck E. Cheese. So that's uh, definitely very, very funny. Shout out to Johnny Blaze. He is undoubtedly, without question, I tweeted about it yesterday, the number one meme creator in our Discord. So getting ready to rock and roll. Why don't we uh, run with the weather report? We know Kix is out of pocket today. He's not available today. Uh, however, uh, Signal, if you could, please take it away if you are prepared. Otherwise, I can run it. Oh, of course. GMGM, Tuesday, the 18th of October. Uh, OpenSea volume is at 11.3 million. So it is good to see that we have broken out of 10. Let's see if we can actually keep this for the rest of the week. Onto the leaders, very little change in this category. All the action is happening elsewhere. So over the past 24 hours, we've got Azuki leading the OpenSea ranks. The team announced two key items. Firstly, they're running a limited edition series of solid gold 24-carat plated skateboards. These are coming up for auction on Friday. It's public, and each of these skateboards come with a physical backed token. The second announcement was about these physical backed tokens. They are a new initiative from Cherry Labs. So it's an open source token which ties a physical item to a digital token on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, we know Azuki has, uh, that they were the first ones also to do the ERC721A. So this is a new open source standard from the team. Anyway, the market liked the news and both Azuki and Beans were up. Azuki is now at an 11 ETH floor and Beans are trading over one ETH. Second mint, which did very well, was Splat by Devotion XYZ. This is a Web3 business co-founded by Andrew Wang. And this mint was one of the biggest wins of the past 24 hours. 1K collection, it peaked at uh, 0.6 ETH. And the idea is based off the recent Van Gogh uh, sunflowers tomato soup um, news that happened, uh, I think it was last week or could have been this week. Anyway, the NFT allows you to splat another NFT with tomato sauce. The mint was 0.05 ETH, 1,000 of them, and the floor on splat is 0.57. Another big winner, again, in the low mint category was Moths. This is currently at top five on OpenSea. Uh, project is pixel art eggs that are at a pre-reveal pre stage. Lots of mystery around this one, but it did have over 5,600 sales on secondary, and it's now at 0.09. Apparently, there's going to be more to come from this collection, so keep your eye on the Moths. And lastly, Iconic Art Public Path. This one immediately sold out 
out despite the technicalities uh, during the mint. A lot of people didn't even see the button to mint, so um, it was botted. But the floor on the passes hit a low of 0.5 and a high of 0.8, and now that collection uh, is at 0.65. On to crypto, not much change here. We're just sort of ranging around. And so overall, the volume is picking up with crypto ranging. This is good and even better. We are seeing wins uh, across different collections and up and down the price stream. So we've got Azuki's on the high end moving and Splat doing really well. So it's good to see that um, capital is being allocated across the price ranges. So for now, it's been a while, but I'm going to call that 24 hour forecast as sunny. Back to you guys in the studio. Absolutely fantastic weather report signal as usual. Some other updates from the Nifty Daily Digest, which is the daily newsletter written by Signal five days a week. You can subscribe at thenifty.com. Crypto investigations continue after the SEC is reportedly investigating Three Arrows Capital for misleading investors. And FTX US is under investi- uh, investigation by Texas regulators over securities allegations. D- Decentraland is hosting their flagship music festival in November with more than 100 acts, including Ozzy Osbourne, Dylan Francis, and Soldier Boy. Hennessy, the cognac brand under LVMH, has partnered with Friends with Benefits DAO to introduce a luxury Web3 membership club during Miami Art Basel. Membership costs $450 and benefits include IRL events, tastings, live music, and more post-fare. Maria Bajwa, an Ape Dow board member, submitted a proposal for a $4.5 million bug bounty program to keep users safe from potential exploits like the recent Binance hack, but if successfully passed, would delay staking by two to four weeks. Uh Uh-oh. And last but not least, after partnering with Gary Vaynerchuk's Web3 business, VFriends, Toys R Us announced that they are releasing NFTs on the Solana network. So they hit the nail on the head in terms of audience. Right, Nick? (laughs) Toys R Us is releasing NFTs on the Solana network. What do you think of that, Nick? Well, it's a good idea. Hopefully, the first one that they drop is a sandbox. And maybe yeah, talk like about, talk about onboarding noobs. Let's get them while they're really young and naive, like four years old. I like. <laughs> well, I think some of the I'm hearing that some of the uh, Solana users are now able to differentiate between a uh, cube and a sphere. Didn't you just have uh, a Rugrats drop happen? So I mean, we're throwing fud here, but come on, you guys already have the kids' toys taken care of, the childhood cartoons, and you expect these kids to be able to afford gas. So yeah, I, see, I understand I mean, the most- fud. Yeah, and most people on Soul that use Soul have an IQ of like 58 anyway. So I think this is the right target audience. Oh, Jesse, you got to start trading Soul more. You'd fit right in. <laughs> uh, Nick, so, you know, I wanted to ask you, like, it, it will actually first, Jesse, you got your hand raised. What's going on? I mean, yeah, I picked up a couple. Excuse iconic. me? Jeez Louise. <laughs> Go ahead, Jesse. I caught the actual. I've I, I got some iconic yesterday. I caught one at the, the bottom, bottom at 0.5 on a, someone accepted my, my Weath offer. I don't know. They have an announcement today. They went up to two ETH. I mean, that's a, that, or almost two ETH before, you know, when they were just partially whitelisted. I figure that's worth getting into. Um, and, you know, the, the 0.5, if it's a good announcement, it'll go up. If not, it's a decent long-term hold. I mean, I got three at like a cost average of like 0.6. I mean, so I'm already fine there. I figure, you know, if they go to one, I'll sell a couple and maybe hold one. But 
Um, can you clarify that the Azuki is the Azuki thing literally like you have an opportunity to bid on another expensive NFT? That I'm not. <laughs> no, so you get to bid on their skateboards. So these are real skateboards. Um, the idea is that it's obviously a luxury item, uh, 24 karat gold, solid. They say don't skate them because apparently they're very heavy. Um, shipping worldwide, they said the, even like even the shipping is being done by sort of a fine art company. So uh, that's what's happening on Azuki. Uh, that was one of their big announcements. And then the second thing was the token about um, joining physical goods to um sorry join physical goods to a token that was the but you second said, big you said you get to bid you said you get to bid though so only yeah, a it's, an yeah, yeah it's an auction yeah it's an auction and it's a limited series right i mean it's cool i mean it is very cool as a luxury item but again you are you, you buy your twenty thousand dollar nft so you can uh, have a chance to spend way more money on another luxury item right that and that would be relevant, in my opinion, if it was like a board ape yacht club skateboard, right? Because crossover hit board ape yacht club, you know, at this point established itself as like an important NFT brand. Azuki, I think, really like the holders really, really want it to be that, but we're, I don't think that we're we're there yet. We're just not there yet. I think if they do that, what people are speculating they'll do and do like a funding round and maybe you know oust the problematic founder who knows i mean look we've talked about azuki enough on the show but we got uh spencer with the sandry spencer what's going on yeah i mean i think it's worth noting that these are like essentially related announcements right because the first item that they're going to have this new um tech with the connecting physical to digital is the skateboard and i assume it's not the last like i think most people are expecting that there's going to be some sort of other announcement regarding other physical items that will have this same tech in it um, and so uh, it's worth pointing out that they're related. Yeah, it's good tech. It's cool tech. Uh, I think it'll get adopted by other people. Node? Yeah, I think it's going to, a lot of people are going to uh, be angry at the fact that these, these skateboards are going to, they're going to go for a lot of money. Uh, and, and it's, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of disbelief, but it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a huge success, just the skateboards alone. Because if you look and see the high ticket sales over the last few weeks, Almost all of them belong to Azuki, uh, which is really interesting. So I agree with you, Pio. I don't think that Azuki does not, it's clearly not the brand that Board API Club is yet, but to the to their community and to their holders, uh, it's like it's almost like a very uh, tight-knit community that is, is sort of separate, right? Like a lot of people that are, are Board Apes don't really get it, right? Uh, or vice versa. So I, I think there's a lot of momentum. I think they're the project, honestly, right now that has the most momentum out of any of the top tiers. Wow. I mean, no, you've been you used to be an owner. You sold out of it. Um, but obviously, you've still kind of expressed that you think that it's you know not a dumpster fire, for lack of a better t- like way to describe it. Uh, but yeah, I think you are right that they 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 still have momentum and they're going to actually excuse me sell for a lot. Clemente, my guy from WGMI, has his hand raised. What's going on? Hey, thanks. I mean, yeah, yesterday, I don't know if it's a result of this, the news that they announced yesterday, but Beans had 225 sales yesterday. They're up to a, they were sitting at like a 0.88 ETH floor. They rallied all the way up to 1.2 ETH yesterday. Now they're sitting at 1.05 and Azuki had 67 sales. They're up to, they topped out at about 12 ETH. Now they're sitting at 11.4 ETH. My thought process, what I was talking about yesterday is like, I personally think, and after Beans flipped the duplicator yesterday, I think out of oddities, out of duplicator, out of Beans, Beans have the highest upside until the end of 2022, considering you have the upside of potential, a potential VC announcement, and 
you have the potential of um, our our W uh, Azuki curator saw a video that showed two beans being burned in one video that Azuki released a while back ago. Um, and if that gets announced, I think uh, beans have the highest upside. And then my goal for 2023 would then flip that bean into an oddity. That's basically my ticket to a Moonbird mythic. So that's what my play is as far as those three collections go. But I'm curious what, what other people think about that. So you're expecting a run on beans, then you'll sell the beans and get a, an oddity. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm looking to do. Okay. Okay. I mean, if anyone has any thoughts on that, definitely weigh in. Spencer has his hand raised. What's going on? So I own a significant number of both beans and oddities. I like the way you're thinking. I just think your timing is a little bit off. I think if you wait till the end of the year to get into oddities, you'll likely be too late. But I, I totally agree. Like, I think like my largest Suzuki exposure is I own something like 40 beans or something. Um, but like, I, I just think Moonbird's oddities are a buy. Um, and I think that they're a buy now. And I, I think I'm the largest holder. <laughs> so, so why why are they a buy now? Why would the end of the year be too late? Well, so like people just like aren't paying that much attention to them right now because, yeah, you can burn them for mythics, but mythics are coming next year. It depends when next year they're coming, right? So if they're coming in January of next year, then they'll likely start seeing people pay attention to this in December of this year. So I would just like that. That's kind of where my head's at is like, I, I'm, I'm aiming to have my full position in be in, in oddities accumulated by the end of this year. Fair signal. You have your hand raised something to weigh in on this. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, I like your strategy there, but I would say, um, like, like look for oddities, preferably in the next two days. Cause they're going to do the gold, like the gold tier announcements. I like, I don't, I mean, I'm hoping it goes well, but I don't think the market's going to receive it well just because the previous two levels have not done as well. And so if you see a sell-off on oddities, I would get a weath offer in ASAP and like watch that price action, get a weath offer in ASAP because you could have an opportunity on oddities before you have an opportunity on beans. So do you think it's likely that we see a sell-off on oddities in the next 72 hours? Like it depends what happens on, on, the, on the gold tier, but previously that like the market hasn't been happy with the fanny packs and the socks and I, I don't know what's going to happen on the gold but all I'm saying is that if you do see price action where the market's not happening oddities will go down that's when I would get a weath offer in and try and snag one and when exactly is that event uh let me double check but I want to say definitely in the next two three days I can come back yeah, I'm sure Clemente would know because you know their business is is you know shipping those updates to holders of NFTs. Uh, Jesse, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, there's two two kind of competing things here on Azuki. One, I do agree, it's, it, they have a lot of momentum. They've been able to navigate the FUD, the whole Zagabon thing. I don't want to have that conversation again. Um, and it, it seems like they really could separate themselves as kind of a number two, which is kind of surprising. You know, you never know. This goes back and forth. But I think you have that whole narrative. But then I do think we have, and it's a much bigger discussion, a little bit of a problem with like the culture of NFTs and who gets ahead and who doesn't. And I was just listening to a podcast with Ben Harvard, so I don't even like these guys. But he was talking about the, cult, the culture of you know a company, and like the, the culture is not the mission statement. That's like an, a nothing burger. You 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 follow the culture of a company by seeing who gets ahead, and if the, the people that get ahead. If they're like stealing, you know, people, other people's ideas and, and, and interrupting other people, then that's who you follow. 
And I think we really have a problem, honestly, in general, in this in this space with kind of the culture of NFTs with with how this works. And it's not, this is not an anti-Zagabond. Like, I, I, you know, I've owned Azuki. They're fine. But I do think it's a it's an ongoing issue. I mean, we also had the thing with um, zero royalties. I mean, Frank, right. Frank had that tweet a while back about I just got, you know, that stupid subtle flex tweet. Like, I just got off the phone and the industry is going to change. We all mocked it. Right. Um, and then he, it, I mean, it's pretty clear he was referring to the zero royalties thing, right? So he's an insider with Magic Eden. He front runs it, right? Frank I thought he was it. more talking about the SEC because that was before the big SEC board API call. That's what people collapsed. thought, but if he's saying there's some, I just talked to somebody on the phone. I don't think he's on the phone with Gary Gensler. I think he's on the phone with Magic Eden. I mean, this I'll, I'll defer to easy, but so you have this Frank defrauds. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Shill and Villain, so my, my, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm ranking it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going a little bit berserk here, but uh, I don't know. I, I just, I think there's two competing things here that are interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we got Clemente with his hand raised. What's going on, Clemente? Yeah. The, the last thing I'll say on Azuki is first off with the collector profiles that they announced last Friday, I think it's inevitable that they move to make their own marketplace. I'm um, just considering how much money they're leaving on the table with that two and a half percent royalties. I think more and more bigger projects that have some volume on OpenSea are going to move to their uh, marketplaces. If this race to zero on creator royalties does happen for some of these collectibles. And the last thing I'll say as far as Azuki goes on that discussion, um, I would recommend that you guys go check out uh, Bobu the Bean Farmer, uh, his Twitter. They just changed his banner profile yesterday. And it's a bunch of, <laughs> for lack of a better word, naked beans uh bowing down to him and he now has a camera out so uh not sure if you guys want to go check that out but definitely seems interesting there yeah i'm looking at that so that's the so bobu the bean farmer on OpenSea is an erc 1155 fractionalized azuki it pumped like an unholy pump the last time uh that azuki had a big pump even though it represents a fractionalized Azuki. So if you do the math on it, it's really, really, uh, it, well, it's like a big market cap. On the right side of this image, there's a gold-plated skateboard and a gold-plated guitar. So I wonder if the gold-plated guitar is the second item. Uh, that could be pretty cool. If they do a really good job with the skateboard, it sells for a high price. Then they come through with a gold-plated guitar and that sells for a high price. I think you might see a lot of value accrual to Azuki. Uh, NFT God raised his hand. NFT God, something to, to weigh in on with this? Yeah, there's one point I want to touch on, and that is a lot of these projects are announcing like their own bespoke marketplaces for their projects. And I'm kind of confused about how that works. And if anyone can explain to me, I'm happy to hear it. Why would anyone who's in the market to buy these NFTs like look for these bespoke marketplaces and not just stay on OpenSea or another platform if the royalties are lower. Uh, I don't un understand how the NFT space is being improved by every single project having their own marketplace and you need to like search for different marketplaces. I, I don't understand how this leads to success for the projects or improves things for the consumer. So if anyone has an explanation around that, I'm, I'm happy to hear. Yeah, I think it's definitely like weird uh, that we're going to kind of segment the market like that. I feel like, you know, uh, platforms like Gem ultimately will end up being the ones that people use the most because they aggregate everything. And maybe there's just like an overall aggregator. But I agree with you. It's, it's, it feels weird that people are like separating all of the different, uh, you know, or, or just like separating the audience, I guess I should say. Signal, you have your hand raised. What's going on? 
Yeah, just two things. Going back to beans very quickly. It's interesting that Boba the bean farmer, because I'm because I'm interpreting that camera, Clement, they just spoke about as snap as snapshot. That's how I, I'm, I'm interpreting yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and um, also, yeah, if you have a bean, get your profiles done because apparently um, there could be some kind of incentive that if you have your profiles done early, there could be something in the future. Who knows? But I've done my profile just in case. Um on to the question that NFT God was asking about. Um, and like, it's a really good question. Yesterday I saw a demo of Blur. Like, I was blown away. I was like, wow. Like, if you are somebody who is not buying one JPEG at a time, um, this is a platform that when it comes out, you'll want to use. It's free. It's like NFT nerds on steroids meets Bloomberg. It is so real time and fast. I was I, like, I watched a demo and I was like, damn, OpenSea, Gem, all these guys, unless they start to up their game, these are the people coming in. The, the, the team is like... Uh, Former MIT has like had had some kind of business, sold it, um, uh, was a Silicon Valley software developer. Like these are guys who know how to build. And I don't see the upside, like you're saying, NFT God, of buying an individual NFT on their marketplaces versus using some of the best tools which are about to come out very soon. And and repeat the name of that uh, segment. It's, it's, it's called Blur. Um, I remember Zeneca tweeting about it. Well, probably like three months ago because he said that he was because he's an advisor and he said that he's only going to be using blur and then yesterday i saw the demo um the public is they, they haven't said when the public is coming out they've also um uh, have some kind of token coming out with it so it's obviously going to be token related that if you use the platform you're rewarded with tokens again they didn't give too much information but um i was yeah i was really really surprised it's like nft nerds on steroids meets bloomberg for free Blurfty yeah, uh, had a preview of this too. Like we went through the platform so, in the Nifty on video. Yeah, because so, Zeneca hooked us up with that. Go ahead, Spencer. So I'm in their beta. Um, and it's an interesting platform. And I, I do want to touch on on what NFT guy was asking about. My, my challenge with Blur is that it doesn't aggregate a lot of platforms. Like it only aggregates OpenSea, uh, looks rare, and I think X2Y2. It doesn't hit pseudoswap, which in this market is pretty relevant if you're looking to buy stuff and it doesn't hit um like product native marketplaces and i i think i actually disagree nft god like i think that product native marketplaces are are pretty good because it's basically just a, usually they're a way to just cut out the the platform fee so it's just the creator royalty you don't pay anything else and at, since we are moving towards aggregators like the 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 move towards like zero platform royalty happens by um these like creator specific like these these collection specific marketplaces and i think it's in line with something like punks where like punks is probably the collection with the most liquidity on it it's also the collection with the least fees to trade it and that's like not coincidental right right yeah. but i don't know if that scales right like punks works because it's like it's crypto punks it's everyone knows to go to CryptoPunks.app if they want to buy a punk but now if you have you know 50 different projects with their own bespoke marketplaces are people going to instinctually be like, okay, I need to search to see if they have their own marketplace first or, or this or that. I, I think it's going to eventually be so diluted. Uh, people just eventually just go back to the main marketplaces. And, and on the note of Blur, you know, I, I was talking to Elio yesterday, Elio Trades, and he's launching his own platform next week. And it's going to have this interesting functionality around like Discord functionality built into the marketplace and you know, I, I think that all these marketplaces and all the splintering that's happening right now is going to make it really ripe for disruption with all these like next level with additional functionality marketplaces coming out. 
it feels like the, the open season Magic Edens of the world are about to really get disrupted uh, from all these companies that have been building last year. Yeah, it's the Wild West. And, you know, these companies are ripe for disruption. And basically, billion-dollar businesses are just totally on the table. Just like on the table. You know what I mean? Um, so we got Clemente with his hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, last thing I'll say on the the specific websites or everyone having their own marketplace. I think that the main argument that you have for it, and like just for for example, when you look at Azuki and Beans, over the last thirty days, they've done five thousand ETH in volume on OpenSea. So that's about one hundred and twenty-five ETH just going out of the Azuki ecosystems or out of the Azuki holders' hands and into OpenSea's pocket. So I think that's the main argument for it there. And then on the flip side is like, why would people want to pay or go to their marketplace? I think when you look at their super fans and some of the people that want to support them, um, I think the same dynamic will play out where, where people are like, hey, why did people vote to raise Genuine Undead's royalties last week? Well, it's because that 2.5% additional fee is going to go towards a community wall that's going to support the ecosystem. right? So when you look at the marketplace fees, if you charge 2.5%, you charge 2%, 1% of that goes towards the Azuki community wall that's going to be used to fund community events, X, Y, and Z. I think that is what will draw people to it. And then if you look at GEM, or some of these aggregators that are able to catch some of these websites, these marketplaces, I think it'll make it pretty seamless. Um, that's what I'll be looking for. And I think when you position it that way, it makes it pretty a lot smoother for the user. We'll have to see how it all shakes out. We have a, a new guest that I don't believe has been on the show before. Uh, he says that you are a misfit. You're representing no ceilings. I don't know if that's in reference to the Little Wayne mixtape. And you're saying chaos is a ladder. You're repping an mf as your profile picture. Faded Alpha, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, I just wanted to comment on the Azuki stuff. And I also do want to give credit where credit's due. I was talking to two Azukis earlier, and it was their thoughts, not mine. But in terms of this new physical token, I think people need to take a step back and realize that, you know, you look at Supreme's model, you look at Nike with secondary shoe models. I'm pretty sure Azuki is planning to come out with some physical kind of part to their whole empire. And why not have a physical token where you can control the royalties on your own site? Where if anybody wanted the collectible from Azuki, they would have to go there. And that would allow the actual seller to collect royalties on it as well. So looking out for the small guy. Because one of the things I think that we've found out with artists is sometimes artists thought that people would want the collectibles. And they kind of found out through NFT lands that people, we don't really care about the collectibles in terms of art too much. But in terms of actual physical collectibles, People do want those. And this physical token would allow them to open up their own marketplace under their umbrella and create uh, collect royalties on physical collectibles. Yeah, I mean, look, Azuki doing stuff that people are responding positively to, you know, trying to punish people like me, the naysayers of Azuki. Uh, we're just getting wrecked over here. So we'll see what happens. A golden guitar could make a splash. It just straight up could. What's next after that? If they go golden skateboard, golden guitar, Node, what's the next thing? Oh, good question, man. No, uh, I golden it. dildos. Oh, there you go. Okay. That, believe it to me. But no, seriously, what, uh, there's one thing in my head. I, I thought it might pop into Europe. Maybe it's too early in the morning. What, golden skateboard, golden guitar, golden what? Dude, I have no idea. I'm Dildos. I'm going to go with golden shoes, uh, golden rims. What else we got here? Golden boom box. Golden bo Oh, yeah, that one's obvious. It should have popped into my head considering I had a boom box, Suzuki. That yep. is very clear. 
definitely too early for me. But I, I do. I really think people are going to be surprised at how much uh, demand there is. I already, I mean, I've seen a few Azukis talking about trying to form, you know, little DAOs in order to buy uh, the Golden Skateboard. So I think, it, you know, it's going to, to, to a lot of people's chagrin, you know, poor Jesse over there. It's, he's just going to keep beating his head up uh, against the wall because uh, Azuki's just going to continue to run. And uh, he's, he's not going to be happy about it, but it's going to happen, man. Yeah, and so someone also just tweeted at me, Golden Samurai Sword. That's one that I hadn't thought of. That's definitely a good one. Uh, Faded. Well, yeah, I'll just finish on this point. You gotta, um, They also let it known that they thought these jackets, they've been talking about them retailing for $2,000. And when they came out with the token for the jackets, it dropped down where you could collect it on secondary for much lower. So this is a way to control the prices on the secondary as well. And maybe it's a golden jacket that's next. Yeah, that could happen too. I mean, look, we'll have to see what the story is with Azuki. I still have a lot of question marks. I'm not deploying capital, but smart people on stage like Spencer own the assets. So that's definitely interesting. Uh, so I let a new speaker on stage. Hey, Pio. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I just wanted to apologize. You know, you were being serious about uh, which of these Azuki items comes next. And I'm out here thinking that it was time for a joke egg on my face situation no, you know i'm no. sitting here out thinking oh you know dildos ha 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 <laughs> but no we're serious about this you know i just need to apologize this is just egg on my face you know uh, oh no there's no egg on your face this is man. just egg on my face <laughs> <laughs> so there's no egg on your face nick that's number one uh, all number over two. it i got egg it's like uh over easy you <laughs> oh know hooked on the face Sunny side up. Uh, okay, well, I'm, well I'm, I accept your apology. I'm surprised. I don't think you've ever apologized for anything ever. So this is a first. Um, but the, the, an apology is not. I'm out here, here just, you know, thinking, oh, a golden dildo. <laughs> Got him. Oh, look at me. Look at me. Egg on my face situation. <laughs> just egg on the face. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, Nick's in rare form right now. Love it. So we got Amro Shahada. I don't believe that you've been on the show before. It says that you are an executive entrepreneur investor with multidisciplinary expertise. You've had exits. You run a Web3 fund with 100 plus deals closed. How many of those are going to have exits, buddy? Uh, You are an advisor operator, speaker, and you are a girl dad. I want to hear from you. I don't want you to promote anything, but I want to hear your thoughts. What's going on, Amro? Hey, thanks for having me, man. Uh, really, really appreciate it and really appreciate everybody up here. Uh, always great insight. Um, yeah, most proud of the girl dad part. And uh, to your point, probably very few of those will have exits. Um, but no, I want... <laughs> Not throwing shade, just talking statistics. No, you're right. And and that's the that's the, you know, that's kind of the the angel model, right? Spray and pray and hope, you know, to pay for a hundred. Um, spray and pray, egg on my face. All right, go ahead, spray, face, golden, e- you know? He said exits, <laughs> and he and he was talking about spelled E G G S. Nice, Nick. But yeah, so so I kind of wanted to, you know, maybe I'm taking this back a little, but I, I think this is an important topic that kind of doesn't get discussed enough and i would love to hear kind of the the panel's thoughts your guys thoughts is i I do see a lot of uh you know uh project related or or, you know i I call them startup 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 focused marketplaces coming out i mean you know i'm rocking the chimper here they they came up with the marketplace immediately uh and i'm seeing more of that 
that happening. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of companies enable that. Uh, I also know, know of like new marketplaces coming out and kind of uh, wanted to get just the overall thoughts on, you know, are we going to be oversaturated with marketplaces? Are the aggregators going to win out? Uh, have you heard of res- Reservoir and Reservoir Tools and how they kind of partially own that aggregation game in terms of APIs and, and whatnot, not to get too you know nerdy on it, but would love to hear kind of just the the high level thought and then maybe we can drill down on a couple couple of these use cases because I think it's really important for people to start to understand you know uh, where is it best to uh, to transact and and where is it best to you know source liquidity and and how long is you know cha- how long are we going to be you know uh, you know held down by even the chain that it's launched on uh, because I'm, I'm pretty sure soon you know chain agnostic payments uh, are going to be they already exist, but are going to be more prevalent. Uh, but would love to hear your guys' thoughts and, and thanks for thanks for having me up. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that this is just the natural evolution. We'll see what the story is with uh, you know, like how everything shakes out on the market side. No, in a new space like this, people are just going to keep trying shit, and some stuff's going to work, and other stuff's not going to work, right? So it's not like people have this like crystal ball or master plan on what's going to work. So we'll see if the different marketplaces, you know, end up like being a thing. And I mean, I'm an I'm an NFT god school of thought where I'm just like. Like, how could it possibly work where Azuki has a marketplace and Board API Club has a marketplace and everybody has their own marketplace? But then again, maybe the aggregators just make it so that that's like the uniform platform. And then maybe there's an aggregator that's used just for displaying NFTs. Like, for example, when we had a Dandelion on Node's show, you know, he's the co-founder of QQL. We looked at his platform, Archipelago, and that's like a really great way to look at generative art NFTs. So maybe something like that goes mainstream for the whole NFT space because it's like it's a better experience to use that platform to just look at NFTs. I didn't buy anything there or sell anything there, so I don't know what that experience is like. But uh, it was interesting to to just look at NFTs on that platform. Maybe we get another one. Jesse, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think the um, it seems impossible that we're going to have everybody with their own. It just doesn't make a sense from an efficient you know economic model i mean the one thing is that we always kind of joke about we were in this bubble last year if this is truly like a technological disruption on the scale that a lot of people think uh the natural sort of evolution is that you have a bubble the bubble bursts right you go into it but the bubble the bubble um is what creates right the next level of technology it's not good for the people that invested in the bubble but the bubble is really good for the ecosystem as a whole. So, um, again, a lot of people lose money in a bubble, but it's part of the natural evolution of, of revolutionary technology. So, I mean, I think the aggregators will win out, you know, but I I would, I would defer to, I would, I would be interested in Nick's thoughts on, on like, kind of like what happened with web two and blogs and media and aggregation on, on that level, if there's any, um, precedent there. For web two, sorry, for aggregation, Versus like the idea that you have like news kind of got disaggregated, right? With like blogs, but then like everybody's like, oh god, I subscribe to too many newsletters now. This is annoying. Can someone just like package them all in one? Well, like, everything is bundling and unbundling. So I wonder if you think there's any like precedent there for these marketplaces. Um, well, the marketplaces are completely different than uh, the aggregators of of information. The only distinction, the aggregators in this case, would be like Gem X Y Z or something like that. 
Content is a completely different vertical, though. You know, Pio, I also just wanted to say, you know, apologies for the golden dildo joke. You know, really <laughs> just a real egg-on-the-face situation. But um, in terms of uh, Web2, I mean, where they messed it up was uh, with the aggregators. Um, RSS was the, was the best approach, and Feedly is the only one that's doing it now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's actually comparable uh, scenarios here. Um, the, the comparison I would actually make is more so to, uh, the walled garden approach that Facebook, uh, was and, uh, AOL was before that. And a lot of people were making comparisons in like 2008, 2009, uh, 2010 even about how Facebook was going to subsume the internet basically. And that it, uh, the battle between Google and Facebook was a real one. Because uh, uh, Google doesn't have access to the information that was going on within Facebook, and then there were like these attempts to quote like out open Facebook, which failed miserably. Uh, Google tried it on multiple fronts, and people thought that this um, was a realistic thing. The distinction, though, in that case was that the end users of Web two don't pay for things. Right, uh, Web two was all about making things free, and so the distinction here is that you're talking about marketplaces. Um, and so, really, w- what's interesting in this case is um, that w- we've seen something comparable, and where we've seen this is is with um, it's it's crazy that it's happened this fast. And or that it's happening this fast is the comparable thing that I look at is more like uh, Schwab and discount brokers where there's no trading fees um, is is the biggest comp to the markets right now. And so, well, what's going on there? Um, the, there's two things. One is the data uh, being sold and essentially the front running that occurs with that data. Um, and so... Uh, that to me is the is the uh, biggest thing. Now the distinction is is on Ethereum, where that happens is is in the mempool, so you can get access to all that. It doesn't require. There's not necessarily proprietary information, as far as I'm aware, that the marketplaces have, and that's why this whole space is kind of difficult. Um, it's also why I believe uh, that essentially the largest players are going to look for. Uh, areas where they can get an edge. That's always what happens in the market. And where that happens is is off of decentralized platforms. And so uh, I genuinely believe that the end user of uh, people buying NFTs don't actually... The, okay, the, the ones today, you could argue the consumers who are buying NFTs today give a shit about decentralization but I don't think that the vast majority of people when it comes to purchasing digital goods actually give a shit about decentralization. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think that uh, uh, that that's really where we're going to see that play out is the wallet wars um, as well as the, just the user experience side of things. And we've already seen that happen with um, Phantom uh, Wallet. We've seen them build a, a better... Uh, user experience for people. And I, I really think that that's where the battle is being played out. And it's like, 
I, I hate the, the saying we're so early is such a common refrain in the space. Um, but we really are be, just based on the fact that MetaMask still blows. We'll probably be discussing that a year from now and how it still, still blows. Um, and, and I think that, uh, that's why um, there's so much opportunity in this space. Uh, but I don't know if the average person really cares um, about the whole decentralization thing. So anyways, um, that, that, those are my thoughts on uh, uh, an arbitrary question. Uh, Easy has his, his hand raised. Easy, what's going on? Yeah, so hey, real quick, Easy. Holy J- shit. Just real quick, uh, P.O., I just... I, I still really just feel like this has been a real egg on the face situation <laughs> with the golden dildo. So I just, I just want to apologize for that. Easy. Sorry. Go ahead. No, thanks. So I actually wanted to respond to Jesse's uh, question there and not as monologue of a response. If we look at Chimper's marketplace, they've had one sale in 15 days. So I don't know if I believe in these uh, project marketplaces running up the way that they have or yeah. getting any traction. Dude, a co- Coinbase has had one transaction in 15 days on their marketplace. Like uh, FTX has had one transaction in 15 days on their marketplace. If that Coinbase spent a hundred million dollars on the marketplace, I don't, I don't, I don't buy know it. a single person who has bought an NFT on Coinbase. So I think it, it's just like I think aggregators will end up winning because of a place where you can buy them all. Like I just re-enabled NFT nerds, and I don't plan to ever go to OpenSea again. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, users are lazy. So, I mean, it's like, e- I guess really the, the real analog is like eBay versus Craigslist versus Shopify. Maybe it's the best analog. I mean, you'd think maybe Shopify would be the model here. But in, in, in a decentralized world, it's just so easy to spin out your own marketplace that you wouldn't really have a Shopify, I don't think. I mean, yeah. uh, OpenSea, OpenSea, I guess, is Shopify, really. I mean, right there, they're like the, the top tier and then there's all this, all the projects are underneath them selling and they take, you know, their 2.4, you know, you take your 0.5 percent cut but unless you're bored it's just, just like that yeah just like when you want to list something for sale i mean you're gonna have your one or two top tier ones and then you'll have some very very i think specific ones like if i would like board apes i would i would if i had a board ape i would specifically go to the board ape marketplace right i think I'd, it would be worth the extra couple clicks and especially if you had some other experience maybe you got some you know reward points from board apes or acorn or something if you sold there instead of the the marketplace fee and same thing with azuki same thing with proof but i just i think it would be two or three that could sustain their own marketplace. And then the rest is going to be just, just like anything else, right? It's going to be an oligopoly. There's going to be two or three major players. Yeah. It, it, you're talking about Board API Club. That's the number one. Um, so that concludes the marketplace conversation for today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, pinned to the top is our collab with Stay Cool. It is our first merch item. It's a single item and it's a collab item with Stay Cool. If you think it's dope, you should pick it up. It's, it's a open- free hoodie. It's, it's not free. It's open to the public. I got the price um, wrong. If you think it's dope, you should pick it up. If you think that buying the very first merch item that's been put out in our ecosystem is a smart decision, it, you should also put that uh, pick it up too. Yeah. Go ahead. If you, well, if you think it's a smart decision because it's comparable to like Michael Jackson when he released his first merch. I don't remember if you uh, or I don't know if you recall that, P.O., but I feel like it's sort of one of those things. It was one of the early, you know, breakout moments. When you think back to, um, he was still part of a group of five. I don't know if you know this. And yeah, uh, the so Jackson Five. It was a group of five, five individuals that he was part of. And at that moment, he was a breakout. A lot of people said, "Wow, that guy's going places." And I feel like this is a similar scenario. Can you imagine having owned his hoodie at that time, like one of his first? 
um, hoodies just would have been just an insane position to be in. And you could probably sell that on eBay for billions of dollars today. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, if you think it's a good idea uh, to get the first merch item that we put out in our ecosystem, then you should get it. Or if you think it's dope. Uh, Deep has his hand raised, and I want to shift to discussion of the NFT market a little bit. But Deep, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Hey, Pio. Uh, how's it going? I had a question to ask, but it seems like you already pivoted from that conversation. If it's about I'm- marketplaces, we can't do it, Deep. Uh, you mean you can or you can't? Cannot. Uh, okay, so I'm out here uh, struggling to find something relevant to say. Uh, <laughs> I'm in an awkward spot. I did not you know, think that I would be in, in an awkward spot today. I you had can- something to contribute earlier, but it seems like the train has passed. So I'll just, I'll just wait for tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but dude, if the train passed, I mean, maybe you can run and catch up to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you, you seem fast, Deep. Uh, I am quite lazy too. So <laughs> it's not the speed that is, you know, in question, but more like the desire. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your contributions. Nevertheless, Deep. Uh, Signal has your hand raised. Signal, what's going on? First of all, Dideep, you always have me on the floor. I'm literally creasing every time you, you speak. And I feel so bad, Pio, that you cut him off. Like, Dideep is the last person that I would, as in the first but last person I would want to hear talk about marketplaces. I feel this guy could make paint sound interesting. So, like, oh, if anyway. he wants to drop a joke about marketplaces, that's totally fine. Dideep, did you have a joke in the, in the, you know, uh, in the chamber for that? Uh, I mean, their entire decision making has been a joke, especially, you know, talking about my favorite marketplace. So I don't really need to make jokes. I think they are doing it themselves. So I'm just out here waiting that, you know, all of this stops. So yeah, Pio, I I don't want to make a joke on my favorite launchpad or marketplace. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. <laughs> They're making the joke themselves. Uh, Signal, was there something else you wanted to contribute? Yeah, it was merch, actually. So uh, I bought uh, VFriends very early, like I minted it, and then I sold them because for whatever reason I sold them. But um, I actually really like uh, this whole who is going to be that Disney that we keep talking about, like, whose IP is actually going to make it to, like, to Disney. And there's very few people who I think can actually do it. Um, Aku is definitely one, I think. And another one that I do think, I know everyone's going to hate me for this, but I do think Gary Vee can do it because he has the capital, the experience, the connections. Uh, He's bought and sold several businesses of his own. So I took a little bet on the ecosystem, which is not tying up five or six ETH, but instead I bought the... I can't believe I'm saying this. I bought the Toys R Us toys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just just, just, just wait me out. Hear me out, people. I know you're all laughing at me being ha, ha, ha. It is a $30 bet. Uh, why? Because I think he can do it. And if these collectibles do become what he thinks they will be, uh, I'm going to get the toys. I'm not going to open them. I'm just going to shove them into the garage. And if it happens over the next however many years, I tied up $30. I did not tie up six ETH. So for me, this is the first merch 
from the vFriend. If he makes it, he makes it. If he doesn't, my downside is $30. My upside is, I don't know what, but I think it could be interesting. And if you look at the first He-Man collectibles or the first Thundercats collectibles um, and you go on eBay, those things unboxed actually go for a substantial amount of money. So um, this is my theory. Um, and I actually think the merch play at the moment in NFTs is a little bit underplay just because of the timeline that you have to wait but i like the timeline because it's such a tiny investment to make very nice i mean look we we made the investment in the physical books and it paid off obviously that was in a shorter time horizon but if you're thinking like gary v knows physical collectibles better than he knows digital collectibles that's literally the thing that he's been trading his entire you know life and so uh yeah i'd say that you know at the end of the day this is definitely uh, something that I would tie up $30 and I'll have to consider popping onto the site and doing it. You know, Nick, I wanted to ask you, we had our, our show with Elio Trades yesterday afternoon. I felt like he was we very pre- he was very prepared. Uh, he had a lot of uh, kind of analysis to share. He sounded quite intelligent and I was realizing how big of a, you know, failure uh, we, he, well, sorry, continue. It just felt like another egg on the face situation. That's what I was going to say because, you know, there he was, prepared like uh like just the leader that he is and then i thought to myself what if what you know what's going on on our like we need that research team the same way that he does uh so that we can show up there and be articulate about the state of macroeconomic conditions but what was your question well did anything that he say get your gears turning uh you know about either the macro conditions or nft specific stuff i'd just be curious if anything left an impression on you cuz i like the way that you think through th- some of this stuff no not at all um but his uh, preparation uh left a indelible mark on me and i i'd say uh but as a whole no i mean that was uh, one of the most bearish conversations that i've had in a bit um, but other, well, and simultaneously long-term bullish, uh, but no, what, what, in the context of what, you know, just anything that he said? Yeah. Anything. Um, uh, Did anything mean anything to you? It sounds like, like you're grasping at anything? straws for, no, uh, no, so, no it's, it sounds like, uh, you're not playing ball. You're not going no, long. No, no, no. Literally in the middle of the route, you're stopping and saying, wait, no. what was the route? <laughs> No, that's not that's not the case. Um, You're literally I, barbecuing yourself. No, egg on your face. <laughs> no, they're they're uh, I, the only thing w- was actually the sheer level of preparation with insight that he had uh, in terms of research, and I think that that was the biggest thing. Is and some of the stuff that he's uh, researching, it sounds like he's shifted broadly to a more macro perspective from where he started, which was uh, narrow focused on crypto and uh, the shift, which also happened, which he was uh, describing was it, we haven't seen anything like this in the state of inflation um, and the impact that it has on uh, crypto. We haven't been here before since we've had a, what is it? 12 year bull run or however long it's been. And I think that that, um, there's a lot of question marks. That that was the the biggest uh, conclusion after all of it. Uh, also, Signal and yourself were both referencing the Ray Dalio video. I'm blanking on the name of uh, what the that video was. Machine. Yeah, the economic machine. I didn't need to watch it because I'm already you know fully aware um, of it, and so a lot of people don't realize the the 
deep level of intelligence that I bring to everything. Um, but yeah, the uh, uh, I, I'm actually going to end up watching that video. But um, yeah, I, 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 you know, outside of that, it, it's just basically we're sitting with a bunch of question marks at this point, and unfortunately, the the best moves are boring moves at this point in time. Um, it's really uh, invest in building out audience. You know that that was uh, NFT guide was emphasizing that as well. Um, we were also discussing that the other aspect is, you know, buy as it goes down uh, because there is an opportunity to, you know, generate sort of uh, life changing uh, returns, but it may be over, you know, five, 10, 20 year period. And uh, yeah, the, those, I mean, the, that was basically the two main conclusions of that whole conversation. Thank you. <laughs> there you go, Nick. Uh, so I got NFT God. NFT God, what do you think? Sorry, was my, what was the response uh, you were looking for uh, there, P.O.? Jeez, I mean, it just feels like an egg on the face situation that you're throwing. You're now throwing eggs at me. NFT like, this God. Is yeah, uh, yeah, okay, there we go. NFT God, uh, what do you think of Spencer and the Moonbirds oddities, you know, thesis right now? Like, NFT God owns a mutant ape. You've been a bear about some other NFT assets. I think when you think about the top 15, the proof ecosystem, Kevin Rose, that's one that in theory, I would imagine that you'd want to bet on. But I'd just be curious from your take, because I know that you think through these things and that you're able to identify uh, profitable opportunities in the space. What do you think of oddities? I'm really bored of the narrative that these these projects are going with which is like let's release sub collections and then let's allow you to burn them to get another sub collection a year from now it's just it, to me it's just like more ponzinomics just disguised as oh burning mechanisms or uh, or rewarding original holders you know you got i guess apparently beans are doing that now you have that for the uh the, the second moonbirds collection you know, this Moonbirds is cool, and I'm a big fan of Kevin Rose and everything he's accomplished. And I, I really like the art, but I'm just, I haven't seen anything yet that makes me think, okay, the value of this will be higher in two years than it is now, right? Like the, the fanny packs, all that cool. The social media platform that he's building out seems relatively interesting, but, you know, I, I just don't. I don't love the narrative that they're doing, which is we're just going to keep re rewarding original holders with fanny packs and burning mechanisms and, and things like that. I'm really waiting for a project that can come out and do something truly unique and do something that's different than just how can we build the biggest Ponzi-nomic machine we can. Um, so I like the art. Azuki, I'm, I'm always intrigued by because people are like, oh, as long as that guy's there, I'm never going to buy. Well, okay, what happens when they kick him out? are people going to rush in? So wouldn't the time to buy be now while the guy is still there and people are waiting for him to get kicked out? Uh, so I like the way you're thinking about yeah. that for sure. Yeah. It, it seems like everyone's just waiting for him to get kicked out to buy. So wouldn't you want to get in before everyone else? I don't know, but I'm not in the market to spend 12 ETH just on an anime project, but that's how I see Moonbirds and Azuki. I know I usually come with the bearish takes, but if 99% of projects are going to zero, then I feel like 99% of your takes should be bearish. So that's how I'm looking at things. <laughs> there you go. Spencer raised his hand during that. Something to add? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's important to to state like what the thesis I, I think on Moonbirds Oddities is, which is that Andreessen backed um, proof with a token warrant in their venture round. And so 
their exit liquidity on that trade is a token. The if you look at the market cap, it's like sub 100 mil for oddities, which implies it'll be like 120 mil um, market cap on like the full secondary collection. If you assume that that gets like 20 percent or 10 percent even of the total token supply, then like your token market cap doesn't need to be that high for you to have a really good return on just the token that you get airdropped. And so that's kind of how I'm thinking about this. It's just like, we saw this play out with ApeCoin. There's a lot more liquidity in the like coin market than there is in the NFT market. The exit liquidity for venture investors is in the coin market, not the NFT market, but they tend to airdrop to the NFT holders. And so if you just follow that thought pattern, that again, like it's just, we know there's a token coming. We know it's A16Z back. We know that's their exit liquidity on their trade of venture backing them. So they have to at least recover the 50 million they put in, right? And they're not going to recover $50 million on a 50 million on a $100 million cap token. It's probably going to be at least a billion dollar market cap at the end of the day. They're really good at driving token value. Like I, I agree that there's been some missteps. I don't love the fanny packs or some of the other stuff they did, but I don't know that any of it matters because I think the token will still do fine because there's so few tokens that are exchange listed that are NFT exposure and, and like crypto funds that only trade coins want NFT exposure and the only option is ApeCoin right now. And so giving them a second option to me is, is just like the, the thesis here. Spencer, my concern with that thesis is, and it's my concern with Ape as well. Like I have a mutant Ape obviously, but I'm not going to stake it because I just, I don't, I'm bearish in that whole system. Like they're, they're giving away X percent of their token uh, supply to investors. Why would I want to get in on a token or buy a token? That's basically a ticking time bomb, right? Because what are those investors going to do when their four year window or two, whatever the window is, is up? They're, they're just going to dump. So I'm buying or earning these tokens that have basically zero long-term like viability because we just know these investors are going to try to recoup their money when the, the window closes. Why would I want to enter this system where I'm just waiting to be exit liquidity for well, big-term well, investors? And do you think that there's like any risk here of them? Or Well, it's not risk. Do, do, do you think they're going to end up like deferring this token based on the sort of ApeCoin situation going on? Well, like, look, like, I think that you have to look at who the exit liquidity is, and it's not the NFT holders are the exit liquidity. It's that the NFT holders get to experience, like, get to utilize the same exit liquidity that the venture investors get to utilize, which is the coin market funds, right? So I don't see how getting airdropped a token for owning a Moonbirds Mythic makes you the exit liquidity. It makes you the bag holder if you hold it. But I think the play here is wait for the airdrop, dump the airdrop into the coin market, and then sell the NFT. And usually they don't dilute each other because it's different liquidity that buys each of them, right? And, that's, and I think, you know, with ApeCoin, I, I agree. Like, I, I have been pretty vocal proponent of the way to do ApeCoin staking is to both is to short this proportionate amount that you are staking. And then you've hedged your impermanent loss and you just get free tokens, right? Like, the, there's a way to do this where it's profitable, but it's not something where you should just buy a bunch of ApeCoin. Like, I agree. So I think that the whole ApeCoin staking situation is setting up such that there is more interest in ApeCoin right around when the unlocks are. Like that's obvious, and that's a time when the NFT holders are the exit liquidity. And I wouldn't be in that trade. So Spencer, is this like the the bull case? I'm going to look for in all my blue chips. Like this is what I have to be excited about as an NFT holder. Is hopefully one day I'll get a coin that I can just dump on other people. Like this is the utility 
that I'm in Web 3.4? Like, when is there going to be a project that does something other than, okay, I'm going to hold this NFT so I can hopefully get a coin that I can just dump on other people? An extreme take from NFT God. Uh, no, um, I, mean, oh, it, it, I was just going to say, I mean, look, it's kind of the current state of affairs, but Spencer, go ahead. You can respond. Yeah, just, just the quick response to that to me is like, I will shift my thinking when that is becomes no longer the most profitable model. And I think the best win in the entire NFT space was the day that ApeCoin got airdropped. It didn't really dilute the NFT price of apes. And it was like that was the craziest win of all time. And so I'm just looking to replicate what has historically been the craziest win of all time without emotionally saying, I wish the space was different. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's a great point. And I do think that it changes over time, but that's the current state of affairs. Clemente has his hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, I don't have too much to say about the the coin. The only thing that I will say is I think shorter term, uh, the gang token will be in a closer indicator of, hey, are they going to, on current timelines to release a token? The, the the thing I'll say on oddities and just the whole proof ecosystem is that I do believe, as when, when NFT God was talking about the burning mechanism, not really exciting him too much, I think that's just proof being kind of pivoting on what was a pretty poor execution on oddities um, and then then rolling out this this burning mechanism and, and mythics and rolling this out. I just think that's them going, damn, okay, this wasn't really met with too much uh, excitement. We need to pivot and let's roll out Moonbird mythics. I don't know if they already have that in the cards, but now rolling out this burning mechanism gets people much more excited about mythics because it is a much cleaner looking PFP than the oddities go. I think that's the flexibility that the NFTs in this burning mechanism allow you to have is like, okay, if something doesn't go as initially planned, you can then pivot and add a new mechanism that will get people excited about the long-term um, future of oddities, for example. Um, so yeah, I just think that was overall kind of a mistake and, and the burning mechanism allows them to pivot. Nick, you have your hand or something the, to add? They, um, well, two things. One, Moonbird says uh, develop. Oh boy, you got know. a call. Um, uh, it's my father reaching out to see, uh, how the recovery is going. Um, but, uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of a uh, moonbirds, they've a both developed a pretty strong floor around 10 ETH. I'm also wondering with the, uh, rapid sequence of announcements releases here slash also token supply increase. If, if there's an approach Basically, we we're, we always or almost consistently sort of hate on token supply increases. Like we're just like that doesn't work, um, especially in a bearish market like this. It's just a bad strategy. But I'm wondering if there's uh, a more bullish spin on this, which is if you're going to do it, you you got to go um, all in basically, uh, and and you do it quickly and wrap or you just do it rapidly. And you, d you dilute the supply in one fell swoop and then allow the market over time to kind of pick back up. I don't know if that's the right approach, but that's the only thing I'm sort of wondering here. Um, throwing a token on top of it, it feels, it doesn't have the same feeling as it did when ApeCoin was launching and the market was bullish. It, it doesn't feel as good. So I don't know. I'm kind of bearish on the overall token approach at this moment. And uh, additionally, how long can this uh, play out? You know, Spencer, you're mentioning how they're, uh, the, the uh, A16Z and uh, is good at doing this. I don't know if A16Z was behind the ICP token, but that thing was a complete disaster, basically. Um, and all the investors dumped on uh, 
customer consumers. I put in a thousand dollars and lost ninety percent of the value within a couple of weeks. Um, so that was pretty fun. Uh, but it, how long can this like uh, approach play out? And like you're saying, yes, you're correct. Now the move is if I'm an NFT holder, just dump it. But it's it's such a weird dynamic. It's just, it's just this strange uh, approach at this point in time. And the tokens now are really just viewed as these liquidity events and nothing else. And that there's not utility being delivered to them it is, is a challenging thing. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think the way you're thinking about it is the right way. And yeah, there are examples of those tokens losing a ton of uh, their value. We got Gene Parmesan on stage repping un uh, genuine undead. Uh, so Gene Parmesan has stepped into the genuine undead arena, I see. Um, I'm assuming you sold your Ranga in the process. I have to assume that, right? Yeah, yeah, I sold it around. We talked about this in Vegas. I sold it around the same time you did, a little bit lower price point than, than you did. I might get back in Ranga, but probably not. But I just wanted to agree with the NFT God. I mean, I think that, you know, these... Like when you have, uh, you know, when you have a, an increase in supply with no corresponding increase in demand, then everything, you know, dips. And I think these, you know, these these airdrops, people have realized by now that they're dilutive, and the best thing you can do is sell them, and that, you know, they're they're just dilutive. And I think comparing it to, you know, other other deed or you know, comparing it to the past is like we're we're not. It's not the past anymore. People, the, the market, this market has, you know, moves at hyper speed, and people learn very quickly because it's very iterative. And so I think people now are not, you know, like it wasn't like people spent like almost twenty million dollars on, you know, gas for other deed, and that would never happen again. So I think that, you know, I, I I'm I'm not pro, you know, the ape coin and all the staking and you know stuff like that. I think uh, I think people are, are smarter than that, and I, I agree with NFT God. Do you you don't think that any scenario like Board Ape Yacht Club, the number one you know brand? No, I, it, it, we're in a bear market. I think that like uh, one of the, one of the, like I wish I could go back in time. I think it was like April. One like the smartest guy I know in crypto. One of my you know really really smart guy um, who was you know very smart guy uh, who's done very well in crypto. He was like I was talking about like my different theses and like tokens. Like oh maybe this ecosystem or that ecosystem. He was like dude like we're in a, like everything is macro. Nothing else matters but macro. Like you're talking about like. You know, it's basically like rearranging deck chairs on, on the Titanic. And, you know, obviously uh, from that point, ETH went from 3,000 to down to 886, you know, uh, because of macro. So I think we're just in such a different paradigm that like, you know, comparing now to the past is just like, it's like comparing, you know, a steam engine. It's like, a, you know, a combustion engine or something like it's, it's we're in a, a complete different time. Yeah, no, I hear you. NFT God, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, my question is this. So when Ape released... Uh, earlier this year, there was incredible demand. There was incredible FOMO. People were buying the coin just because they felt like they were a part of the ape ecosystem. You know, they were buying the coin just because it was in the middle of like the the bull market. Who's gonna buy the proof uh, coin? Right, like the, the the you made a lot of money on ape because there were a ton of people waiting to buy the coin and get into the ape ecosystem. Who's going to buy the proof coin at this moment in time when you get the airdrop? No one's like trying to FOMO into proof ecosystem through a coin. Like who's going to be the exit liquidity here? I, I don't really see where that value is going to come from. Like who are we dumping this? I time? mean, if it's cheap enough at some level, uh, yeah. it, it's there's a price. Like I'd buy it if the token, like if the market cap is is single digit millions. Well, yeah, there, like there, there's definitely a price. And I think that that basically, once you have that floor being set, there will be some sort of activity there. And to me, it just seems like, uh, you know, uh, what Proof is doing, and it makes kind of sense, is they're trying to establish themselves 
as leaders in the space. And the way of doing that is getting a lot of that uh, sort of initial uh, base, like sort of the the fundamental steps out the door. And uh, I think of like a gutter cat gang and the, the whole gutter ecosystem, the amount of time that it took for them to like reveal the, uh, or get the, um, their equivalent of the mutants, basically it, like they're moving slow. Whereas Moonbirds is moving incredibly fast, uh, on the execution side of the, of these things. I don't know. I, 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 that's kind of how I view it is they're just trying to establish themselves as a leader in the space. Broadly speaking, I do think dilution is still not a good thing, uh, holistically, but maybe there's some argument for this. I, I don't know. I don't know their whole rationale. And I, I, Spencer has his hand raised. I'm curious, like, w- w- if if you're, um, like, if you if, if there's a justification that you see for this. Look, like, I think that people just are un- in the NFT space grossly undervalue the size of the coin market and specifically like shit coins. Like, I'd highly invite everyone to go look at, just go to coinmarketcap.com and scroll through the top 100 market caps. Like, Stacks is a Bitcoin L2 that does NFTs. I don't think we've ever heard of NFT, like any specific project on that protocol. And that protocol has a half a billion dollar market cap. Like there just is like the, the liquidity that exists that is like there's tons of ex- of funds that can only trade on custodial exchanges that are publicly listed like Coinbase, like FTX, like these other ones, right? And so that's where most of the crypto like capital is. It, that's why... Like we say, we're early the NFT space is because that capital can't trade NFTs yet. And so it doesn't even have to be a very good shitcoin to exceed the market cap of the NFT for the coin, right? And like the, the bar is just so low for what these coins have to do for them to have high market caps. I think that like it, as long as there's any sort of narrative that can be spun around it, which I think that they understand this market well enough to make sure that there is a narrative, it's not that important to me what that narrative is. Because I just I have trust that this will be like the market cap of this will exceed where the market cap of the tokens are now. And unlike some of the other things where they sell half the secondary collection, like these, this is entirely either you burn your oddity or every Moonbirds holder gets one. So I don't really see this as dilutive. It's just rearranging where stuff is within the ecosystem. And the reason that I like oddities as a play is because oddities at like a tenth the price of Moonbirds or like an eighth the price of Moonbirds feels like it's just um like proportionately like uh, incorrect in terms of what percentage of, of the Moonbird market cap, the oddities market cap should be. I think it's a decent thesis. I also agree with you. People absolutely love shit coins. People love them. Like when the crypto bull run was happening uh, at my martial arts gym, the like one black belt was asking a blue belt, when should he sell Dogecoin? I brought that up on the show before, but it was just such a ridiculous moment. Um, that, you know, that's for, like for the setup. That's the setup for a joke right there, I feel like. Uh, so a black belt's talking to a blue belt. <laughs> I mean, it's true. What, well, I'm, I'm curious. What's the distinction? What if the blue belt was asking the black belt? Um, well, then I'd be impressed that that black belt is big into shit coins. I mean, look, it's not out of the question, but like the, the black belt guy was like a local cop. The blue belt guy was like this, this big meathead kind of guy. Um, and so, yeah, I was just like surprised that they were talking about Dogecoin, you know, in the gym. Uh, people love shit coins. 
Uh, it remains to be seen if people love NFT shit coins. It seems like any anything with uh, NFT has a little bit of a stink on it to the mainstream public. Look, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for today. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Catch us in 90 minutes for about an hour-long show with LEO Trades. A little bit of a different style, a little bit of a West Coast time slot. Check out the tweet pinned to the top with our first official merch collaboration ever. It's with Stay Cool. It's a single item. It's a sweatshirt. It's in Stay Cool style graphic. I'm seeing similar reactions to people that uh, they, people that say, what do I get for the NFT are also saying, what's up with the design? The design is a Stay Cool theme design. It's a collaboration. Think of it like a, a rapper and a producer collaborating and the producer made a beat in their style and the rapper adjusted their style to rap over it. I think it's really and dope. You should buy it if you think it's dope or you should buy it if you think it's a good idea to own our first merch item ever. Nick, go ahead. Yeah, and I was going to say, and imagine like that rap album just absolutely sucking, you know, like that being one of the situations there after the, uh, the no, I'm just kidding. The, check it out. It's a, col- a collaboration. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.